0: Welcome to episode 78 of White Heat, sponsored by a lot of fried chicken, because that's what I've had the last 24 hours. (laughs) Yep, that's how we're opening this episode. I'm Brian Cady, that's JJ Alexander, this is White Heat, presented by Guzzalo Media, sponsored by our friends at Johnstone Supply in Troy, and Mohawk Conda in Scotia Glenville. Mr. Alexander, hello sir. Hi. How are you? I'm Okay. I actually had
1: a—I had an opening story to tell, and now I'm afraid to tell it.
0: Why are you—are you high like Larry Zabisco was apparently at the Hall of Fame? No. <clears throat> can, can I, can, all right, all right. You know what? I'm gonna get on my high horse for two seconds. Why would anyone? Why does anyone care about who gets high when?
1: I mean, as long as you're not operating machinery behind the wheel of a car or smoking in my general direction because I'm allergic, I don't care.
0: Who gives a shit if somebody's high for the Hall of Fame speech? No. Yeah. So Before
1: you get in the ring, different story. But if you're just oh, yeah, no, right?
0: Like who gives a fuck? And we'll get. We're gonna talk more about that guy later on. Um, okay. The guy who told the story about Zabisco. Oh, okay. Um, we'll get to that towards the end of the show. However, uh, go ahead and tell your story now.
1: Uh, so had a weird experience yesterday morning.
0: Well, chicken and waffles.
1: No. Um, so just a typical quiet Sunday morning and I'm out here in the living room. The wife's in the bedroom. Titus all of a sudden starts barking his head off because, you know, you know, you know, the wind blew or something, or there was a squirrel because, you know, my dog has a major anxiety and barks at everything. But then she goes to look out the window just to see, okay, what the hell is he actually barking at? And she goes, oh, and I go, what? And she goes. There's a naked black dude walking down the street. I turn and look. I so I, I peer. I peer out this window behind me, and sure enough, bare ass black guy walking down the hill, just bopping along. Like, dude, what the fuck? I was. I was uh, like, uh, and and the thing is, so okay, so I need to back this up a little bit, so. Oh, God,
0: don't, don't back it up too close to him.
1: So years ago, there was one day where me and the wife were grocery shopping, and mm-hmm. we were at the Price Chopper in Southington. And next to the Price Chopper, there used to be a motel. It was a Swiss chalet, and then it was a night's in, and it got demolished, and there's a Hartford Healthcare Center near there now. Okay. We walk out the front of the fucking doors, and this naked dude smoking a cigarette just comes walking by us towards the Swiss chalet. Like, no, bare-ass naked. I think he was wearing fucking Timberlands. Just, do, do, like nothing. And all of us who are coming out of the grocery store are like, y'all seeing this, right? Like, we, I, we didn't know what the hell to do. And we're like, I, I'm just leaving it. So naturally, when I see this dude walking down the street and she's here, I open the window and go, yo, dude, the Swiss chalet's the other way. <laughs> And she goes, he can't hear you. I'm like, oh really? He bombed me! And she's like, stop. Oh, God almighty. So yeah, that was my Sunday morning. Oh <laughs> well, uh, <well>, god. <laughs> like I live in a relatively quiet neighborhood and like the hell? <laughs>
0: Well, now we're off to a f- fucking hot start here. <laughs> yeah, try to have a hot start like that, Elite. I mean, whatever. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm a little choked up here. I don't know where to go. Okay. Let's just, just get into the show, okay? Um, uh, New Japan! Yeah! Woo! Hey, uh... Continue both tag leagues today. Um, the World Tag League, um, the first-place spot in that's already been clinched by Aussie Open. Meanwhile, there's three teams tied for second going into the final. See, it's weird because some teams only have one match left. Some have two left because, for whatever reason, Bad Luck, Folly, and Chase Owens are no longer in the tournament. I don't know if one of them got hurt or, or something there. else, but they pulled out of the tournament after one, two, three, about halfway through. They pulled out after four matches, so Damn. I'm not exactly sure what happened there, um, but Aussie Open has one match. Well, I guess they didn't technically clinch yet, but they have one match left, and they're uh, seven and one. Shoot. Here we got 14 points. The three teams tied for second each have 10 points each, which are Goto and Yoshihashi, Naito and Sonato, who's the only team that beat Aussie Open so far. And Nichols and Haste. Uh, so right now, the only match left for Davis and Fletcher for Aussie Open is Nichols and Haste. So tech, so pretty much they could knock Nichols and Haste out mathematically. Uh, from the looks of it, if they were to win on December 9th. Meanwhile, Naito and Sonata, uh, they have two matches as well as Goto and Yoshihashi. Uh, The two remaining matches for Goto and Yoshihashi are Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd on the 9th, and then Nichols and Haste on the 11th. Meanwhile, for Naito and Sonata, they have uh, Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer on the 9th, and then Evil and Yujiro Takahashi on the 11th. Hmm. Um, So I'd say they each have... One, what should be winnable match, and the other I, could be kind of a coin flip in either way. Yeah. Um, as far as true matchups not factoring how the points look right now. Yeah. Um, so that's how things look there. In the junior tag league, that one is a clusterfuck and a half.
1: <laughs> you don't say.
0: Um, Chris Bay and Aus- Ace Austin are the clear leaders at 12 points right now. Okay. They are six and one with two matches left. Meanwhile, there's a four-way tie for second at 10 points. Between Yo and Leo Rush, Alex Zane and L. Lindemann, Bushi and Teton, and TJP and Akira. Uh, as far as the remaining matches left. So. Yo and Leo Rush have Taguchi and Clark Connors and Bushi, uh, Bushi and Teton left. Zayn and Lindemann have Ace Austin and Chris Bay and Kanemaru and Doki. Bushi and Teton, I already mentioned they have Yo and Leo Rush. They also have Tiger Mask and Robbie Eagles. And then TJP and Akira have Kushida and Kevin Knight. They should have one more. Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Ace Austin and Chris Bay.
2: Okay.
0: So, two of the four teams tied for second right now have matches left with Ace Austin and Chris Bay. So, I yeah. Um, But, again, those are only five teams mathematically still alive to be one-two. But, yeah, it's a little bit of a clusterfuck in the junior tag league. Not – A slightly less clusterfuck in the actual in the heavyweight tag league, but still a little bit of a a little bit of process to work out. um, As uh, also got a factor in the math max of having one team out of the world tag league, the heavyweight side, right? Got one match left, who has two matches left. So Um, that all being said, though, there's one piece of New Japan news I'm not sure you're gonna like that I'm not even sure. (laughs)
1: It's not a naked dude.
0: I I hope not. So, Homicide and let me see here. So, Homicide and Danny Limelight went one on one in the the main event of uh, the New Japan Strong show. Okay. That was this week. That sounds decent. So Homicide wins.
2: hmm
0: After the match, he gets attacked by somebody um, that ended up revealing himself as a new member of Team Filthy at the end. If I had to let you guess one person that we have mentioned frequently lately on this show, that you would not like to see as part in New Japan. Tuh. Hell, if I know. Bobby Fish.
1: Oh Jesus! I mean, it fits because Tom Lawler used to do MMA, and Bobby Fish thinks he does MMA, and so I get that. But oh
0: basically what happened was Homicide was going to attack Limelight more after the bell, but then Fish came out and attacked Homicide. That's oh, it really what it was. Um, so yeah, those are all the updates from New Japan. Uh, as far as, by the way, the tag leagues. The Junior Tag League, their matches, their last matches of pool uh, of the uh, the pool are the 7th and 10th, so Wednesday and Saturday World, The Heavyweight Tag League, I believe I saw, was the ninth and 12th, if I remember correctly, from what I was just looking at. Uh-huh. So that would be Friday and next Monday. Actually, the ninth and the 11th. So Friday and Sunday. Excuse me. Um, so basically, by the time we get to our next episode, 79, next week, we should have the top two from each Tag League figured out. And then we'll go from there. Now... Moving on to Impact Quick. Um, their TV from the first. Uh, the pre-show match was uh, teased for the IPWF show they had coming up the next night. which.
1: That's right, because it's fucking December. Ugh.
0: So, whatever. i just let them skip over that. Uh, Bully Ray's in the ring to open the show for promo. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Let's see here. Let's see here. Yeah, so Bully Ray has a he's kind of promo in the ring, and at the end of this segment, Rich Swan attacks him from behind, which essentially hot starts their opening match of the night. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Which Rich Swan wins by DQ after attacking Excuse me, Rich Swan wins by DQ after Bully attacks Swan with the steel chain. Yeah. Um, after the bell, he uses a steel chair on Swan, and then zip ties Swan to the bottom rope when Tommy Dreamer comes in. Bully
1: ain't learned to stop
0: using zip ties. Cuts off Bully Ray, and then Scott Demore comes out, um, and that basically ends the segment. Um, then we get a pre-tape of Trey Miguel trying to heal it up. Then Moose beats Pinder Guhar in one-on-one action. Sad day. After the match, Moose cuts a promo, because people really want that.
2: <sighs> um,
0: and then Joe Hendry appears, confronts Moose in the middle of the ring. Um, <laughs> Moose attacks Hendry. Uh, but then Guhar makes the save on Hendry's behalf. Sure. Uh, Then Mike Bailey gets interviewed backstage. Uh, Basically talking about Kenny King being an asshole. Mm -hmm. Frankie Kazarian beats Steve Macklin by DQ after Macklin uses a steel chair.
1: So three matches in and two have ended in a DQ finish.
0: Correct. Macklin um, then attacks Kazarian again with the chair after the bell. And Tasha steals and Savannah Evans have a backstage segment with each other. Eddie Edwards was a backstage interview. Um and but gets confronted by Delirious during at the end of the interview. Interesting. Hmm. Um so we got three pre slash backstage interviews right in a row on this fucking show. So <laughs> then, we, then we get Rhino and Heath talking about um their tag title defense next week against Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, then we get Mickey James versus Deanna. And Mickey James wins. Obviously, she's a job. Uh, she got confronted by Jordan. Correct. Jordan Grace comes out and offers her a knockouts title opportunity at Hard to Kill. Mickey James accepts. Uh, then we so get, we got to sink
1: or swim now.
0: Yeah. Then we get a little vignette of Eric Young and Diener. Mm. Uh, that's what ends the show. Uh huh. Eric Young takes Diener to the abandoned prison in Tennessee. So mm-hmm. Young asks, would he eliminate the sickness if it were in the room with them right now? Diener mm-hmm. says yes. The two fight over a knife with Diener getting the upper hand. Young tells Diener, do what he was born to do, eliminate the sickness. Yep. Young says they may have been the designer, but Diener was the design.
1: Yep. The,
0: the, the, we're committing they had murder. Eric we're Young
1: death. get stabbed to death on to close impact.
0: We're committing murder. That's cool. That, that's, that's why I sent you that thing. Committing murder. That's that's cool.
1: It's because they had to write Eric Young off because he's going back to WWE.
0: Cool, cool. So we become Lucha Underground now. That's nice. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. And this, this is what the trolls want AEW to do. That, that yeah, no, no. no. Uh, for those of you who don't understand the reference we're making. Uh, <laughs> here's the tweet that uh, I was shared during the week. just uh, <laughs> take a page out of Impact and Lucha Underground book and death have death on the show. If Regal is leaving, they should have had MJF shoot him. Imagine the heat that gets. Only could MJF beat you in the ring, but now he got a Glock. Yeah, shut the fuck up.
1: Because that would have went over well with the crowd.
0: Yeah, because that would have went. Over, fuck that. Would have went over well with the executives.
1: Right. That too.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm sure T. Yeah, TNT really wants a shooting. Right. Like Lucha
1: Street. Underground did shit like that in backstage segments that were filmed cinematically and everyone knew that it was part of a show. Right. You can't do that in a live wrestling setting because that completely takes you out of the fucking element.
2: Right.
1: It was just like someone shared. I forget where I saw it, but um, because we live in a generation of wrestling fans who have only been watching wrestling for like the past three years, Um, They don't understand that shit used to happen back in the day uh, that all of us kind of just took for granted. And so apparently some footage has come forward of a WWF house show from the early 90s where there's I think I I think it was like the dude like it was a dude snuck in a video camera and was taping it. And so like you hear him talking over it because I doubt it's commentary. It was the head shrinkers against the smoking guns entrance happens and you remember the smoking guns used to come out with the six shooters and they used to go pop 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 right apparently no one told this guy that they come out and fire blanks so they come out the head triggers are in the ring they go to pop up and he's like holy fuck they're gonna kill us all and just like losing his shit i'll like try to find the video and send it to you afterwards but i was just like bro really yeah <laughs> <sighs> but yeah,
0: they're
1: they gonna shoot us all. Like they, they were the smoking guns. Of course, they're gonna have smoking guns when they come out. Like the <laughs>
0: <was your> name.
1: <laughs> like it's—it's it's so fucking hilarious. These
0: people don't Give realize the belt, they beat everyone.
1: <laughs> um. Give me the belt, and then I beat everyone. <sighs>
0: all right. <laughs> Got your notes, sir. Oh yes, sir. Oh man, Man, (laughs) man. people are just so stupid. Appropriate because we're talking about to talk about AEW. Yep. Oh man. All right. See if I can dig up my notes real quick because it's a hell of a day.
1: (laughs) Give him the belt. (laughs) You felt like everyone. (laughs) All right.
0: All right. I'm ready if you're ready.
1: I am ready.
0: All right. Raise your hand if you want to see Hangman Page's John Moffitt again.
1: We're AEW. We don't rehash matches over and over again.
0: Nope. So the like, dynamite with Moxie doing do an in-ring promo, Hangman comes out and they have a brawl. That's basically
1: it. And The thing is, they just fucking did this. Like it's not like this was like, oh, this is a feud that they brought back from a year ago. This just happened. Like a couple months ago, right? It was fucking the last defense Mox the, the last title program he had before MJF. What with before Mox had with MJF was with Page. And pretty much the entire page feud got overshadowed by MJF because they remember Page won the fucking uh, Page won the battle royal the night after the pay per view where fucking MJF got the uh, poker chip.
2: Oh right, yeah.
1: So the entire time where they're like Page is gonna have a title shot, Page is gonna have a title shot, like MJF sitting there going, "Yeah, by the way, no
0: one's paying attention to this. Everyone wants to see me." Right. Oh right, because he was constantly sitting in this right and they were doing the most right. TV in the box, right?
1: So like so all this shit literally just happened. <sighs> but you know, this is what happens when you think you're a good booker because you did eFeds in college.
0: We'll comment on that. Alright, so then we get Daniel Danielson and Dax. Danielson gets the win because, of course he does. Because he's
1: the singles guy in taxes. And so, um, two notes on this. Number one, they literally hadn't even touched yet, and the crowd was chanting, this is awesome. Right. Meanwhile, if you had done Daniel Bryan versus Scott Dawson on a random episode of SmackDown, they would not be cheering. They would not be chanting that before the bell started. Like it's just the is it's the suspension of disbelief that oh my god you know and I'm not it's not knocking either worker because as I watched this match and I really had no qualms about the match it was it was a solid match mm-hmm. but I wrote that this is the embodiment of 2005 Ring of Honor five star matches with zero story behind them just because yeah that's what ROH was back in the day it was like. It was like they announced the card, and you were like, okay, I'm gonna go see these matches. And there was never a story behind them. Like, I recall my my early days ago on ROH, the only feuds that I can recall, like they were actually fleshed out, were the Danielson versus Homicide best of seven series, because that went that lasted over six months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was seven matches over six months. Um CM Punk feuding with the embassy. Okay. Meh. Meh. That's all I can remember. Like everything else was just matches for the sake of matches. You know, like the my first ROH show was I went, it was the it was Austin Aries' first title defense after beating Samoa Joe for the title. That was the first ROH show I went to. It was fucking uh, Brockton. Not, Brockton, something Boston area. Because I went to a few ROH shows around there. And that, and honestly, that almost turned me off to ROH because that was a pretty awful show. Um, but yeah, the main event was Austin Aries defending the title against Colt Cabana. Because reasons. Right. There was a four-way tag match for the tag titles on it. Um I remember the promos before the matches. The match lasted longer than the match because it was like 20 minutes worth of promos. Um I'm trying to even remember the teams. It was Carino and Punk. Um Reyes and Romero, I think were the champions at the time is the Havana Pitbulls. Okay. Um I don't even remember the other two teams. Like and I just I remember Carino and Punk because that was back when Carino had um Bobby Cruz as his personal ring announcer. Oh, okay. And that's what took 20 minutes. Uh, Bobby Cruz doing the whole shlemiel and everything. Right. Um, I mean, like, opening match was Spanky against Alex Shelley for no reason. You know, even, like, uh, the good sh- the good ROH shows I went to. Uh, one of the ones they did in Connecticut, uh, at the Sports Complex in Woodbury. There was no reason for anything on it. Either show that I went to. I mean, one of them was, like, the main thing was Christopher Daniels versus Matt Hardy because that was when Matt Hardy had gotten fired. For that three months. Okay. Um, Punk defending the title against Jamie Noble. For reasons. Um, Samoa Joe against Jimmy Rave for reasons. Like, no, there were never any reasons. It was like, literally, you can tell that Tony Khan watched Ring of Honor and was like, that's what I want to do. Matches for the sake of Matches.
0: He's not quite as good as Paul Heyman walking in. All right, who we got here tonight?
1: Right? So that's how I learned how to book. Well,
0: who do we got here tonight?
1: Yes! Uh, Mike learned to- from Mike learned from Jason Incredible, who learned from Paul E. And it was every Sunday, our school, we, we would have a show every Sunday. And it was whoever showed up, all right, who we got here? This is what we're going to do.
0: Still won't make it, still won't hit that friend request button though, will you? Huh? For Jason?
1: Fuck no! I don't want that crazy ass Serbian knowing where I am.
0: <laughs> oh, God. It's funny who you scroll across when you're looking at. He burned through. that fucking bridge. That ain't my fault. you scrolled across Facebook. That's funny. Then we get Starks backstage with Tony. Apparently, there's a Diamond Ring Battle Royal coming up this coming week.
1: Yeah, that's which they're late on it this year because it usually happens in October. But they always they do the Dynamite Diamond Ring. MJF's won it every year, Mm -hmm. and so now he's not going to be able to win it because he's the champion. So now they up the stakes. So now they said, whoever wins the like, because the whole thing is whoever wins the Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal each year has to face whoever the previous diamond ring holder is, which is MJF. So whoever wins the battle Royal gets a match against MJF for the dynamite diamond ring. And now it's a title eliminator match because if they beat them for the diamond ring, then they also get a shot at the title because that's how AEW works. If you beat the champion in a non-title match, you automatically get a title match. Because reasons.
0: Yeah. Uh, then we come back from break. Mox and Hangman are fighting again backstage.
1: Another week of Dynamite. Another backstage attack. Right.
0: Then we get a... Uh, uh, I don't even know what to call this pre-tape, but... God bless Renee. She had to sit there with Garcia, Hager, 2.0, Yuta, and Claudio. We actually mm-hmm. got two matches booked out of this. Yep. We get Hager Garcia versus Claudio and Yuta in a tag match this week Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And then we get Garcia and Yuta running it back one more time for the pure title final battle this Saturday.
1: But we don't do rematches and we don't repeat matches.
0: But it's 1-1, bro. Yeah,
1: and you know something? Besides those two matches, when have either of them defended the fucking pure title on TV?
0: I thought you'd have defended it once or twice on TV before other than that.
1: I think he defended it on dark. I, I don't know. Because, yeah, he defended it on dark because the whole thing is the, the one time they actually had a fucking match, me- it was when De Garcia beat him because they have to go over the contrived pure title rules on TV and they don't want to. So they just don't do it. So the pure title is...
0: It's not that hard.
1: I know, but still it's contrived rules. But so the pure title has become less of like as like the, the level of prop that the fucking FTW title
0: is. Stupid. Yes. Uh, Then we get Joe retaining the TNT title over AR Fox.
1: Made Fox look like shit. Plain and simple. If you're going to beat Fox, then just beat him. Don't let Fox hit his fucking 450 on you and then kick out.
0: Shocked. Basic fucking psychology. You know you're winning. Don't let this guy fucking Samoa Joe to do something basic.
1: Yeah, no shit. Which is why I think it's funny that all these fucking goblins think that he's gonna go back to WWE.
0: After the match, Waterloo appears in the big screen saying he's coming for what's his sure, whatever.
1: But he doesn't want the TNT title, he wants the meaningless ROH TV title.
0: So does somebody else, which we'll get to later. Uh, then we got a powerhouse Hobbs vignette that was, like, not even a minute and it seemed like a waste of fucking time. Poor dude. Um, can I skip this next segment and save it for...
1: Yes. Man? Yes. Because that's where it should have gone on the show anyways. Right. They should have ended um, with it.
0: Then we got Starks making easy work of Divari.
1: I didn't even realize he was supposed to be facing Ari Divari until they actually had the fucking match.
0: Yeah. Then we got Hater and Baker backstage with Tony for like 30 seconds where Baker basically books a sit-down interview between Tony and Hater for the next week on Dynamite. Sure, whatever. Then uh, we oh, get...
1: I, w- I wanted to add, Starks as a babyface has lost any semblance of swagger that he had when he was a heel. Like he just he had like I'm I'm I've never been big on Ricky Starks but at least as a heel he had some charisma. Now it's just gone. Fair. It reminds me of the one Billy Gunn. That's what it reminds me of.
0: Post Outlaws Billy Gunn.
1: Yeah, Post Outlaws the, the one Billy Gunn.
0: King of the Ring Billy Gunn.
1: No, after King of the Ring Billy Gunn cuz he was still doing stuff with, uh, D- with this, DX after that. Uh, but no, what they- it... When they just made him the one.
0: us between King of the Ring and Billy and Chuck, then.
1: Yes. Yes. God almighty.
0: And then we get... Willow what?
1: So, yeah. So, there's a good and a bad to this, as with everything in AEW. It was a bad? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. So, number one, Anna Jay is a waste of Willow's talent, but whatever. So, Willow gets a match on TV, Willow gets the win. That's great. You know what? It was completely overshadowed by what happened after the match. Right. Because right. once the match was done, number one, Anna Jay didn't sell the finish. She was up on her feet like nothing. And then the whole thing was just so they could do fucking Time L and Ruby Soho. Right. Right. Which means Willow has no fucking, like, Willow may get a tag match out of this now on Rampage in a week. Where it'll be her and Ruby against Anna Jay and Ty Conti. That's about it. Besides that, they have nothing for Willow now. Because her match was literally just for the aftermath.
0: Well, the afterbirth is uh, Ty Melo gets in the ring to assist Dana Jay. Ruby Soho's music plays. Uh, Anna Jay powders out. Ty Melo stays in the ring to figure out what the fuck's going on. Ruby Soho comes in from behind and attacks uh, time Melo. And that's your segment. Yep. Uh, Then we get QT and Orange backstage with Tony. QT challenges for the Atlantic title. Orange is like, okay, sure. That's your segment. Uh, Great. I have a question. Yeah? What in the fuck was Jade Cargill wearing?
1: I literally wrote, did Jade skin a fucking Grinch for that coat?
0: Oh, no. I I don't give a fuck about the coat. I'm talking about the other thing she was wearing. What, the bikini? No. Do you know what it was? Okay. So think of the material that stockings are made of. Okay. Like, leggings. Like, stocking. Like yeah, leggings.
1: yeah.
0: Okay. It was basically a bodysuit made out of that, and then they had, like, the, the fake $100 bill shit randomly all over it. That's I didn't even idea.
1: realize she was wearing a body stocking.
0: Well, originally, I was like, how the fuck is that shit staying on her? But then I realized... The material was slightly different than the coloring of her hands and there was like a, a glitter like huh. a like a glitter thing around the collar going around her neck. That's like, oh, this bitch is wearing a bodysuit that only has hundred dollar bills on it. Ah, okay. All right, all right. Still I actually what, used to what sell those, those so what the fuck was that though?
1: It's strippers wear them. I used to sell body stockings I mean, like yeah, that.
0: Yeah. You summed up the whole thing. Thank you very much. Um,
1: and really, that whole segment was like, why was this an in-ring segment? This could have been a VTR.
0: It was a, a waste. Of, it was a filler essentially because you had Jade and the baddies in the ring, celebrating Jade having her TBS title back, which whatever. And then Bow-Wall, I did it myself. And then Bow Wow appears on the big screen saying, "Jade will see him real soon," because yeah, everyone wants to see fucking Bow Wow in AEW.
1: Right. So that means Bow Wow is going to introduce yet another female talent, or he's going to be in the corner of some female talent that they're going to say is going to dethrone Jade. And it's going to lead nowhere.
0: Basically. Uh, it's, just, it's just a payday for a hip-hop guy who can't make money doing anything else. Really. I
1: mean, at least it ain't Trina.
0: True. At least Bow Wow has been relevant in the last decade. <laughs> uh, then we get our main event. Hmm. Basement
1: Goblin Logic. I actually saw this and I fucking died. What's that? The 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 the, the, uh, the Charlie Day um, conspiracy board.
0: <laughs>
1: Bow Wow was originally discovered by Snoop Dogg. Huh? Bow Wow was originally discovered by Snoop Dogg. That's how his rap career started. Are
0: you? Real or is that?
1: Bleak? That's that's a legit thing.
0: Okay, but so why?
1: So the goblins. Yeah.
0: I say because Snoop appeared in? Is that what it is?
1: Like, because God, Snoop is her cousin.
0: Bow Wow is not fucking going to WWE.
1: No, not no. They're saying that Bow Wow is going to bring in Sasha to dethrone Jade.
0: No.
1: Oh, Which both. isn't happening. No. Like, number one, still under contract. But number two, no.
0: I know Tony's handing out blank checks a lot, but no. No. She's, she's better than that. No. Uh, plus- another
1: And also another note of people not understanding how contracts work. Because while all this has been happening with Sasha and Naomi, their contracts have been frozen. They haven't been mm-hmm. ongoing.
0: And I don't think Sasha would do that to Trips anyways. No, she wouldn't. You might have to
1: the- she might have to John Laurinaitis, but not to Trips.
0: Right. Or well, or just Vince in general. Right. But not yeah, not Trips. But
1: yeah, but their contracts have been frozen. So like whatever everything's whenever every anything comes back to be, that time that they haven't been on is going to be tacked on to the end of the contract. It's not like yeah.
0: Before we cover the main event. Uh-huh. I think this was on Dynamite. Did you see The 60 seconds they spent of Taz breaking down. Yes. Why?
1: So they could feature Hook on TV because they think Hook equals ratings. Why? Because they think Hook equals ratings. Because it's the false... It's one of those AEW false narratives where because they put all this hype into Hook... Yada yada. That now the live crowds, like, will chant that we will chant. We want Hook sometimes, but it's like it's your same niche audience. It's not random people that want to see him. And like the problem is too is because th- this is to- this is Tony Khan and his Efed fucking booking bullshit. Um, I think it was the first time they were in Bridgeport. Um, Shell was telling me okay. that. Tony Khan came out during a part. I think it was between dynamite and rampage Mm -hmm. and said like, and said, Oh, by the way, we, we listened to your request and we brought you hook and everyone cheers. And like hook just walks out through the tunnel and looks around and waves and then leaves. Like, no,
0: you're not going to accomplish anything with what they did.
1: Exactly. But they Tony Khan seems to think that a hook equals ratings, even though ratings have proven that that's not true.
0: Who, who gives a fuck how he countered a submission into a submission?
1: Nobody, but it gives you a way to feature fucking Hook on TV without having him speak because he can't talk and without having him work a match because he can't work.
0: If you want to make it make that look impressive, do that kind of replay, you know, after the match.
1: You would like, think that he
0: has to his X's and O's after the match. not there's fucking, what I, I, just
1: I just realized something. I just realized do they ever play instant replays after matches on Dynamite? I mean, they do, but it's usually... have they?
0: Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Like, I know they did the replay of Willow's finish, for example. Okay, I remember, that. I do remember that.
1: It just shows how often they do them. If it's not, if I can't remember if they do them or not, that's how right. memorable it is when they do them. No, you're like, right.
0: Um, plus, I think they did a replay of the the finish to this main event match. I don't.
1: I I will tell you. I will be completely honest. The moment the main event came on, I just hit record on the DVR and turned it off because I couldn't stand it anymore. And then I never went back and watched it.
0: All right. Well, the elite wins and makes it two.
1: gee points. Yeah, I fucking called this last week. I even wrote it down for people that doubted me. I said that this. The hold on. Where is it?
0: They were not going to go down 3-0. That was never going to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I said this feud is going to go 2-2,
0: 1-1-1. They might let them go down 3-1. They might let it go to 3-1 no. and then make it...
1: No, because here's the thing. is Number one, Tony Khan advertised seven matches and the venues where they would happen, which means it's going to go to seven.
2: Well, no shit.
1: And... He doesn't want either one of them to have that much advantage. So it's going to go 2-2 two, two, tied up, one team, one team, and that's going to go to the final seven. And the last match is going to be something stupid like a ladder match or a fucking, fucking bell hammer
0: on a pole match. Do you want to know what the finish was? Mm, sure. So Pac went up for Black Arrow, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they call it these days? Yes, yeah. Except he took his sweet fucking time
1: because he always does.
0: Like no, but like he just stood there, mm-hmm. almost as if he's like, "Oh shit, we're doing this early," which I think they were
1: because they they were because they were at the end and they don't realize how to keep to TV time.
0: Yeah, I think, I think because Pac's were... the only one
1: in the match that's actually worked live TV before.
0: Yeah, I think they were a little early getting to the finish, but but so he's just fucking standing there basically to stall. I think mm-hmm. at least as much as he can without it looking too stupid. Although mm-hmm. it looks stupid because. Smart people recognize when it looks stupid.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so he, he attempts that on one of the Jacksons. I don't remember which one. Uh, and they got their knees up to the point where it hits Pac's. The mat, feet so trigger. Oh, okay. And then, and then, apparently, that quote-unquote knocked out Pac, and the Jackson just rolled over and got the pin. Oi. Oh, yeah. That was your finish pretty lackluster.
1: Of course it was. And we still got another fucking four matches of this shit.
0: Um, yes, there's a segment we skipped on Dynamite, but let me just run through Rampage quick because obviously the one segment we skipped on Dynamite leads to a bigger discussion.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So on Rampage, I'm assuming you didn't watch, by the way. No. Uh, Darby Allen beats Cole Carter in the opener. Let <laughs> we get Keith Lee interviewed backstage by Renee. Mm, it-
1: I did see this. I mean, it- I didn't watch it, but I heard about it.
0: He's interrupted by Shane Taylor, who challenges Lee to a tag match at final battle. Mm -hmm. And then Strickland walks in up behind Lee, and Lee's like, can I even trust you? And Swerve doesn't fucking answer him, he just fucking smiles at him. him. So this is going
1: to lead to the big Swerve fucking heel tournament. It's going to lead to Lee and Shane Taylor teaming up again.
0: But here's my question. Yeah. The guy that Shane Taylor references for the tag match.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Who the fuck is J.D. Griffey?
1: Oh, um, I knew this, too. Um, Is this some dude
0: that ran in Texas with Keith Lee or something?
1: No, 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 no. It was...
0: Oh, fuck. Somebody that was from Ring of... I don't fucking... I've never heard the name before, so I'm confused. Fuck. Yeah, that's how I felt, too, when I heard the name.
1: Jerome Daniels. Sure. Fla- he was... Back in the early days, he was flawless Jerome Jerome Daniels along with limitless Keith Lee. So it's someone from Keith's past that really hasn't done anything.
0: Just a simple payday. Got it. Good.
1: He's from... De- he. What do you call it? He's from Dallas.
0: Yeah. So from... Yeah, Texas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes fucking sense. Especially since they're spending pretty much the whole month of December in fucking Texas. Um... Then we get a vignette with La Faction and Reynolds and Silver about Vance. Sure.
1: Oh, and, um, sorry. Griffey, uh, Jerome Daniels, he, he hasn't done, he, he, he went into, um, he started doing MMA and Brazilian, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which is why he hasn't been doing pro wrestling. Okay. But yeah, it's, well, so we'll see. And here's the thing also is, um, I think this is just a one-off for Shane Taylor. Like people yeah, he's think he's so going to, right? Well, I think he's only he's a like it's a ring he, he advertised for Ring of Honor, which means he's on per diem, yeah, like Dalton. Say, yeah. um, because the thing is, I'm pretty sure I, Shane Taylor was one of the people that said I will never work for Tony Khan. So it's just kind of odd that he's working. Well, here's my so question:
0: he Why don't you just go to fucking NXT?
1: Uh, I heard. Um, I, I, I think we covered this back in the day when we were talking about Shane Taylor. I heard that he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, and so that's why he may have been overlooked.
0: Shane, I know
1: I fucking love the dude.
0: Shane, don't be stupid. Go there, go there, and say one word. Die, Jack. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Um, after that stupid vignette regarding Vance, uh, we get the acclaimed in the ring with Renee. Acclaims say they're going to offer a title shot to the second best tag team in the company. Obviously, they're saying they're the best. So, the... It's
1: going to end in a schmoz. Uh,
0: they're interrupted by the Gun Club because reasons. Then they're interrupted by Sanjay and all them because, again, reasons. Then Billy gets on the mic and says the Acclaimed want the best. Basically shitting on those two teams. Mm-hmm. And that TR comes out and shakes hands with the Acclaimed. Mm-hmm that's the team the was referring to. Lovely. Uh, Then we get a quick pre-tape promo of Sheeta and Bunny talking about a match (coughs) they're having apparently on Dynamite. (coughs) One of the titles that Sheeta has. It's not an AEW title. Oh, Jesus. I think it's Regina Demare or something like that. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, that gimmick. Yeah, they're they're, they're dusting that off because we already don't have two women's titles on the fucking show. We need another one. Or, sorry, three, uh, the other one we don't even fucking show on TV when we make Mercedes wrestle on fucking dark.
0: Right. Fucking uh, bullshit. Then Jared and Lethal be Private Party in tag action.
1: <laughs> uh, so, so, supposedly, according to sources, Matt Hardy is actually booking this angle. Of? Like, all the stuff he's doing with Private Party and the Andrade family and the shit with... Uh-oh. All that apparently Hardy is writing all of that, that which is sense. why it sucks.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Um, then we get a pre-tape with Soraya and Renee, then Athena makes quake work of Danny Moe. Mm. Um, so
1: I have to talk about Athena for a second.
0: Okay,
1: now mind you, I was a big proponent of Ember Moon, I loved Ember Moon. I, I don't know what the fuck is going on with Athena. I, you don't know what's
0: going on with Athena, or you don't know what's going on with, with the handling of Athena and AEW?
1: Both. She herself, there's something going on with her. Like, the way, like, so they, they obviously took the, I'm going to stiff the fuck out of local girls and make it into a fucking gimmick for her. On top of that, like, she just doesn't care now. She openly, and here's the, like, I wouldn't admit this, but she openly admitted on her fucking Instagram and shit, the fucking, I don't know if it was that match or the dark match she did. She was, she, where she just came out and whooped the girl's ass in two minutes. She wrote, I didn't even change into my ring gear for this. Cause she didn't. She just came out in her fucking jeans and a fucking like crop top.
0: No, she was definitely in gear for this match. Okay.
1: So it must've been the match on dark, but yeah, she whooped this girl's ass. She's like, I didn't even change into my gear. I'm like, you know something? Don't fucking say that. Like, that just makes you look unprofessional.
2: Yep.
1: You know, it's like if you're doing a street fight gimmick for a fucking match, okay, it's fine. But don't openly admit, I didn't even fucking get in my gear. Fuck this. I don't care about this. That's what you're saying. I don't care about my craft enough to get into my fucking gear.
0: Yeah, it's pretty stupid.
1: It doesn't sound like I'm such a badass about it. No, it sounds like you're unprofessional. It makes me sad.
0: Uh, Then we get a Juice Robinson pre-tape because everybody loves Juice.
1: Because he's officially signed. Add another one to the pile.
0: And uh, he's challenging Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor television title at final battle.
1: (laughs) So much for Wardlow versus Joe.
0: Then we get a Darby (laughs) pre-tape. We get a Darby pre-tape where he's challenging Joe for the TNT title. On dynamite, and he's offering Joe that Warlo and Sting will both be banned from ringside for the match. And
1: this comes with all the goblins seeming to think that Joe is going to drop both of his titles in the next week and go back to fucking WWE with Ringo. Not
0: happening. And then we get to the hot mess of the end of the show. So it's a lumberjack match, but Orange Cassidy returns. To Q.T. Marshall. <laughs> then uh, Cassidy brawls with Kip Sabian up the ramp after the match, and they go into the back. And then right after they get to the back, blackout, lights back up, it's house of black. They beat up all the remaining lumberjacks around ringside. However, Malachi stops Buddy and Brody from hitting the fucking suplex into the Yeah, the
1: the, 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 the Death on the Black Throne, Throne, Throne or whatever the fuck they call right. it. Yeah.
0: On Ortiz. hmm Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um but then they go ahead and just beat everybody up and they put Brandon Color through a table.
1: Yeah, because you know, it's like they don't understand that it's just like you want to make the House of Black look fucking rough and shot and everything. Like they did the thing with it, them beating up security once and they did it poorly. Mm-hmm. So you can't really keep going back to the well. But at the same time, you can't have them beat up everyone on the roster. because That's what makes everyone on the roster look like shit. Correct. There's no way to do this. And the whole thing with Ortiz, they're teasing it because fucking Murphy's going to be gone and uh, Matthews is going to be gone in another month. So they're going to replace him with Ortiz, which is going to make even less sense. Right. They're only and they're only doing it. I guarantee you, they're only doing this because Tommy N knows about back in the day when um, before before they were in, were part of LAX. Um, Santana and Ortiz were part of a stable on the Indies called Team Pazuzu. Mm-hmm. I remember and that. that yeah, well, yeah, I know you know it, but the people at home may not. So Team Pazuzu was EYFBO, which was – or uh, Santana Ortiz. They were the low-level guys on it, but it was it was them. It was uh, Pinky Sanchez, Jaka, Chris Dickinson, Christina Bonieri before she became a psycho cunt, um, and that was it. They were actually supposed to have a manager at one point. Things just didn't work out.
0: was it something but well, didn't they mainly run in like uh new york no i was gonna say uh no. oh yeah new york but uh and they also run a lot with uh beyond as well
1: not i mean yes and no dickinson was there but as far as pazuzu as a as a stable um they did more stuff around the new york area isw shit like that but no because it well because it came up as once there was a cho- there was a chance uh, meeting when um i'm the time I managed Dickinson at RPW okay. and afterwards Dickinson went back to Jaka and Pinky and fucking talked me up. And I remember talking to Pinky at another show I was at like a month later and he was like, dude, Dickinson was all about it. And like, you fucking, you get the shit. Like, and he's like, we should fucking do something. And like, we almost did. Unfortunately, nice. shit didn't work out.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, real quick. Um, so far, from everything I saw, just because I want to follow up on Willow Watch real quick, mm-hmm. uh, I don't see her on anything that's no. been announced for dark or dark elevation tonight nope. or tomorrow.
2: Nope.
0: Dark elevation, dark elevation, dark elevation. Yeah, I don't see anything. Nope. Uh, as far as dynamite coming up this Wednesday, let me pull up that graphic again real quick. So we have. Uh, Joe and Darby for the TNT title, which we already mentioned. Uh-huh. Acclaimed an FTR for the AEW tag titles, which we mentioned. Uh-huh. Uh, Hager and Garcia against Claudio and Yuta.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, we also have a six woman tri- uh I almost said six woman trios match. That'd be kind of stupid of me to say. A trios uh-huh. match with women in it. Uh-huh. Uh, Jade and the Baddies, so Jade Velvet and Layla Gray against Madison Rain Sky Blue, and the former Baddie Kira Hogan. Yay uh we'll also have promos from mj well i don't know if it's gonna be a promo but we're gonna hear from mjf we'll hear from moxley
2: mm-hmm.
0: haters sit down with tony mm-hmm. and then more entrance being announced for the dynamite diamond battle royal right when and at- that's supposed to be that's supposed to be at winter is coming
1: no i thought they were having it this week
0: oh well it just says more net entrance to be announced
1: so then they must be doing the dynamite diamond battle royal at winter is coming
0: <laughs> more entrance to be announced which includes images of by the way Stark's already fucking announced he's in. Yeah. Cage, who also already announced he's in. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Then Cage Mm -hmm. Matt Hardy Mm -hmm. uh, don't know who the fuck this is. (laughs) Might be a member of Private Party? I can't fucking tell. I I don't know. (laughs) It looks like a weird mix of Swerve and Mellow. I don't fucking know who it is.
1: That's probably Isaiah Cassidy.
0: I was going to say Quent, honestly, but I, he looks too. Yeah, that looks more like. I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, Jungle Boy and Dalton Castle are the other two people in that image.
1: Well, Dalton's going to get a payday. Yeah, Where are they running this week?
0: They're still in Texas.
1: Oh, gee. That's kind they're of.
0: They're in. Uh, don't quote me. I don't fucking remember. Um, somewhere in Texas. I don't fucking know. Because <laughs> they're in Texas all the way up, I think, until like the their New Year's show or some shit like that. Oh, Jesus. Um, Yeah, hold on. I can pull it up real quick. They are in uh, just outside of Austin, Cedar Park. Okay. And then they go to Arlington for Final Battle, and then they go to Garland for next week's TV. And they go to San Antonio for the week of Christmas. (laughs) And then they go to Colorado for the week of New Year's. (laughs) But yeah, they're pretty much in Texas the entire month. Because, you know... That's a good way to mix up, mix it up a little bit. <laughs> uh, I know the, we got to get to the one segment on Dynamite, but I just want to get everything else out of the way real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, final battle. The card as currently constructed. Jericho against Claudio for the ROH World title. If Claudio loses, he joins the Jericho Appreciation Society. Oh, right. uh, Yuta and Garcia 3 for the pure wrestling title. Mercedes defending the women's world title against Athena, Joe defending the the TV title against Juice, and then Swerve and Keith Lee against Shane Taylor and JD Griffey. Um, which were mean, which means we still
1: have FDR hasn't defending the ROH title. Jesus,
0: correct. We still have that to book potentially, and the trios titles, which I remember correctly. Those
1: are Dalton really and the different.
0: boys, right. Um. Hey, Dalton might get two paydays in one week, yeah. shit.
1: Well, that's the thing, too. The last couple times they did the trio titles with Dalton, was called, they've been on the pre-show.
0: Fuck that. Oh. Come on.
1: But seriously, that's where they've been. So they don't advertise it until that day. And the pre-show has been like, oh, by the way, we still owe a couple appearances to these random ROH guys, so they're on the pre-show. That's and what Tony Khan has done at every fucking ROH show now.
0: And a reminder that this show is starting at 4 p.m. Saturday because at 8 p.m. Saturday is NXT Deadline.
1: You Tony Khan Don has to, no
0: balls. Don't want to clash. So, you know, got to get maximize your potential viewership. Um, what else? Uh, I'll save that for news notes. All right, let's get into the segment we haven't talked about yet. Oh, mailman! Um, I was right. Yeah, I know. I fucking know. Um, so about midway through Dynamite because they had had to cross over to the top of the second hour for that quarter hour. Mm -hmm. Um, And they didn't even time it right. Regal comes out. Shocked. That's my shocked face. Uh, Regal comes out, introduces MJF. MJF puts a promo. They unveil the Triple B, the, the big Burberry belt to replace the traditional AEW world title belt. They
1: put a vinyl wrap over the fucking thing and it looks like ass.
0: No shit. I really hope that wasn't a belt by Dan design. I really hope.
1: No, it wasn't. Um, it's literally whoever designed the original AEW belt and they just—they literally just took a vinyl wrap that they thought looked like the Burberry pattern and really just a brown wrap and put it over. Because there, there's been a ton of belt makers talking about it. They're like, why the fuck would you do that to your world title? They're like, why don't you just get a brown leather strap and call it a day? It will look ten times less fucking cheap.
0: Kind of like what they did with uh, Daniel Bryan with the eco-friendly belt thingy they did.
1: Right. That thing still looked pretty good.
0: Yeah. Almost looked, it was, looked like, actually, what was it made out of?
1: It was made out of wood and the, the strap
0: was hemp. Okay, that's, okay. I, I, I was about to say, it really looked like wood. fucking. no It hey, was you? wood. Yeah, that's right. Um so they unveil the, the triple B, and this whole time he's wearing the fucking diamond ring, blah blah blah. And then he decides to pull out the brass knucks towards the end of the promo.
1: And I knew I, I knew it was coming. I fucking saw it.
0: <laughs> so he ends up walking behind Regal, like and it sounded like he was about to thank him, but then mid sentence he just hauls off and the forearm shivers him into the back of the neck or shoulder blades, or whatever. Oh no, it
1: wasn't a forearm shiver to the back, it was the, he punched him with the brass knuckles in the back of the head. It
0: was a forearm shiver.
1: I know. I know. Um
0: Regal Lance face down doesn't move. By the way, there's another way you would have known this was about to happen.
2: <laughs>
0: if you watch very closely, because I caught it. I caught it in one take. Yep. If you watch very closely, mm-hmm. there's a shot during MJF's end of his promo where you can catch, and it was so quick, you have to, like, the, to a normal person's eye, they probably would have had to re-watch it like two or three times to make sure they saw what they saw. I knew what the fuck was going on right away. Yep. But if you watch very closely during this one camera shot, you can sort of catch Regal popping something into his mouth. Yep. Which was obviously a blood capsule because when they yep. flip Regal over for medical attention, quote unquote, he's got a little blood yep. coming out the mouth.
2: Mm-hmm. That's how you a blood
0: capsule, Jungle Boy. Um, yep. So, yeah. So, and JD. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's really the person I was thinking of. Um, So yeah, so essentially what we have here is uh, their dramatic way of saying goodbye to William Regal from the sounds of it, and Regal joining WWE sometime in January is what it sounds like. Yep! Uh, Yeah. So there's that.
1: This is Tony Khan trying to cover up all the shit he wanted to do that he couldn't because... He doesn't know how to book on the fly. No. He also doesn't know how to book a long term, but that's another story. For another day. But considering the fact that Stokely Hathaway came out and basically said, yeah, there was supposed to be this whole program with MJF and Punk and the firm that got scrapped when all the media scrum shit happened. Right. Because it was supposed to be he it was supposed to be a completely different program. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be the firm. Taken out, you know, systematically taken out, punk. But then again, the way Stokely describes it, it would have been the same fucking thing that they've had MJF do for the past year with the Seven Labor shit, over and over again.
0: Um, what else do we have for AW? Oh, we have uh, we have this little little nugget.
1: Uh, <laughs> I love how people are trying to fucking defend this shit.
0: By the way, the picture I'm showing is a headline uh, that says, AEW made less than $420 per theater for full gear screenings.
1: Cool, dude. They averaged 13 people in a theater for the amount of theaters they did. Because some people are like, yeah, 420 in like 2,000 theaters. No, it wasn't in 2,000 theaters. Because <laughs> they didn't read the article.
0: <laughs> cool number, dude. Um,
1: yeah, also- like 13 people in a theater. Like, dude, uh, to, to give a clue, with a movie theater, if, if, if a movie theater is doing a showing of a brand new release, there's only 13 people in the theater. It's not getting shown the following
0: week. Correct. Um, let me get this. Nah. So apparently, um, this dude, Jake, whatever. Uh, was trying to flyer for an indie oh. show coming up in the Indianapolis area this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I think this is what, a snap or is this on Instagram?
1: Um, I think it was. I'm not Let's sure where. I found the screenshot, but I think it was from like an Instagram stories or something like that.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking. So this dude's story says, shout out to AEW and the Indy State Fair for threatening to arrest the White River Wrestling Street team trying to promote our upcoming December 11th show glad you guys never had to DIY flyer struggle on in the independent wrestling scene and then he tagged Tony Khan, the Jacksons, Kenny Omega, the AW on TV, and, and TBS. TBS networks. <laughs> Hashtag pro wrestling is dead.
1: Yeah, that's a low fucking move because I've, I've flyered WWE shows without an issue. I don't give a fuck.
0: Plus, I usually don't have anybody chilling out in parking garages or parking lots saying you can't do it anyways. So.
1: Right. But I mean... There's quite times like I've done it where I've gone to a WB house show and like literally just st- stood outside the arena. And as people are leaving, handing them flyers. No That's issue. Cool. Cops been right there.
0: Yeah, because I think that the technical legality of it is if you're on what's considered public property. It doesn't fucking matter.
1: Well, it also depends. Like, the, there's there there are certain exceptions in certain places, but it's usually done by the town, and I'm pretty sure Indianapolis is not one of them. Because there's some towns that have like a strict no soliciting thing, where like you can't flyer. Um, the we ran a couple of shows in Cheshire, Connecticut, and we and one of them was a benefit for the Cheshire High School, and it was a big problem because Cheshire has all these fucking laws because Cheshire's full of hoity-toity rich assholes, where we couldn't put up flyers in oh, local fly- businesses on the
0: pole. Oh, in businesses, okay. And so we put them, you can't
1: put them up on poles either. Right. So it was a bitch to try and advertise. And uh, Holyoke Mass is another one. Like, Holyoke, you can't put shit up on poles. You can't fly your cars. None of
0: that. That sounds like Holyoke. It's
1: yeah. um, so one of the reasons yeah. we ended up not running there and Envy and stole the venue that we were going to use. Yeah. I'm the one that did all the legwork for that fucking brewery show that he did.
0: Yeah, you know how many showed up?
1: It's because he didn't advertise
0: By the way, Sean showed up late. Um, Can you blame him? Maybe he had a clue that we didn't. (laughs) By by we, I don't mean we, including me. I mean we as a company, I guess. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And by the way, (laughs) you know who our main event was for that show?
1: Was that with the dangerous ass ladder match? Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the one that did all the legwork for that because I did it for Eric, and the reason was I originally went to that venue to scope it out and show how the, all the setup can be because that was the same day that we were running a benefit show at the Holy Oak Boys Club a block away, and that show drew 500 people.
0: I'm trying to remember who the fuck was even in that match. I know who won it. I just can't remember who else was in it. I'm trying to think. I know Mike Orlando won it, and now he's doing uh-huh. okay for himself in the Florida indie scene. So, yeah, jam, whatever. Yeah, I can't remember who the fuck else was in that match. Mm. You know who I think was one of the guys in it? And he's, I don't think he's even wrestling any, or he's trying to wrestle, but not on any big schedule anymore. Mm-hmm. I think Tyrek might have been in that match.
1: Yeah, it must have been, because I know how Envy had a hard-on for using that talentless fuck.
0: I think. I could be wrong. I don't talentless know. Fuck. Um,
1: Million dollar body, no talent.
0: I'm going to leave that one alone. Uh, um, you,
1: you can I'll openly say it. He is a talentless fuck who doesn't even like wrestling, doesn't watch wrestling, doesn't understand wrestling.
0: Speaking of understanding wrestling, Penny doesn't know how to understand how to pay talent either. Yeah. Um, so, Apparently, to cash to tweet it out, this was what? This morning, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, spending my first night in my own apartment, no bed, no Wi Fi. Have to just sleep quietly on my mattress. I'm very scared because the light hasn't arrived yet. What the fuck is the, the light hasn't arrived yet?
1: I'm so guessing the, it means uh, the electricity hasn't been turned on in the apartment yet.
0: I can't wait for the sun to come up Good night. And then the, somebody replied saying Tony doesn't pay enough. Look, here's it, Look. Obviously, the knee-jerk reaction be to attack Tony there. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something quick.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If you were responsible enough to call ahead of time about having utilities turned on, that's not Tony's fault.
1: Yeah, okay. So as far as Tony and that, sure, that's not Tony's fault. Here's the I think this is the issue, though. I think it's the fact that Takeshita got signed to a fucking American deal, had to uproot and move to America. He's not familiar with American culture. No one told him, by the way, if you're moving into a—he lives in Japan. Oh, I, I, you
0: know,
1: <laughs> I know. I know you know.
0: At the same time though, like could Tony have provided somebody to help? Obviously, yes.
1: Yes, like that that's the thing is WWE, especially with a foreign talent when the foreign talent gets signed and brought over, WWE has a PR team that will help them find a place in Florida, get everything set up, make sure that you know their first last month and you know their, their first and last is paid for or if there's not a place available right away, they find out they find a worker that's down at the PC that has an extra fucking room in their apartment, you know, is looking for a roommate something like that. Would do all the setup. That's a professional structure that WWE has that AEW does not. Professional. And I And I think that's more what the person saying Tony doesn't pay enough was trying to get at is, you know, because I'm sure Takeshi got a semi-decent deal considering the amount of the insane amount of money he's handed out to fucking indie guys in the past. But like, you know, you got to be able to work with your people on this. You know, it's like you're moving to America. You got to make sure that it's just like it's more than, oh, yeah, you've got an apartment here. Like, you know, furniture, utilities, have a PR team help out. Right. It's not that hard, you know. You've got you got Mega there, who's a lawyer. I'm sure she knows property law and shit like that, and how to fucking handle this shit. Yeah, and
0: what's yeah, I funny, feel bad
1: for Takeshina, because if he had signed with the PC, he wouldn't be going through this.
0: You know what's funny? What? If I had to guess, this is just a guess. My assumption mm. be that they would they that he went to one of two places. Somewhere in Cali, because it's probably gonna be the quickest way for him to get back home to Japan, if he ever
1: does. Yeah. Yes.
0: Or because of the home base of the company, he could be Jacksonville.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And if and if the latter is the case, Mm -hmm. then I'll put a little more blame on Tony because he's right fucking there. Right. But I digress. All right, let's get to good stuff. Let's get to WWE, or at least what I hope is good stuff. Uh Raw, up with Becky in the ring, besides go in the crowd, because that was different. Uh, because she
1: can go in the crowd and say, look, we actually have a sold-out crowd.
0: If that's really the message you were trying to send? Good for them.
1: I'm almost positive it was, considering leading into, they were like, there's only 300 seats left for the show tonight, and yada yada. Like, I'm pretty sure that was to show that, like, by the way, we're blowing the doors off of our competition.
0: Uh, interrupted by Bailey, who comes down the ramp, goes in the ring. Then Becky, uh, I I think Becky was about to go down, but then she knows Dakota Neal coming down the stairs. Mm -hmm. She was, so basically the four of them fought up into the concourse is what it
1: turned Mm -hmm. out to be. Merch Um, table fight.
0: Yeah. So Memphis of them. (laughs) Uh, Then we get, uh, okay. So Mia, Yim, and Rhea are having the opening match. Dom mm-hmm. distracts Mia Yim during the match, then AJ comes down and takes down Dom, which then causes the referee to call it a no contest.
1: Yeah, that, that didn't make sense to me.
0: Then we got the rest of Judgment Day and the OC coming out, they're all brawling, and then mm-hmm. AJ says, fuck this shit, let's have an eight-person tag. Mm-hmm. Judgment Day comes back, to the ring accepts, which then leads to Judgment Day beating the OC in the eight-person tag match.
1: Right. It was a whole bunch of that, that was a whole bunch of quick cut ECW booking. Which is it, it, it was okay. It would have been better in that kind of situation if they had a GM figure. Right.
0: Uh profits are back. They're backstage with Byron. getting interrupted by Alpha Academy, setting up their tag match for later in the night. Mm-hmm. Then we get the Usos, solo, and Sammy in the Ring. They get interrupted by KO, who says he wants nothing to do with Sammy anymore. Sammy shares the same sentiment towards KO, and then Jay steps up to challenge KO for later in the night. Uh, Candice is back. She has a quick backstage interview. I got a baby! Then we got Riddle and Elias backstage with Byron after the break. They get interrupted by the Usos and then Riddle and Elias challenge for the tag titles, it sounded like. Yep. Because, sure. Uh, Profits beat Alpha Academy. Then we get Theory cutting a promo in the ring interrupted by Rollins. Um, Miz is backstage with Byron trying to sell the hand again. He's interrupted by Adam Pearce who essentially basically says to Miz stop being a pussy.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, Loomis taps out the Miz signs his raw contract gets his Yay. money then loses the money back to Miz who then gets by Gargano and gives the money back to Dexter for uh-huh. sure. Uh, Candace <laughs> and Dakota are going at it Bailey and Eo get ejected from ringside during the match Candace gets the win Then we got Bianca, Asuka and Alexa backstage with Kathy which is interesting because we're kind of teasing something with Alexa here as she's in a trance the entire time until the very end when Kathy asks for her thoughts and Alexa's like yeah, what they said sounds good but mm-hmm. um, so this I, it's almost like they're doing small see, IWC is like, oh my God, she's going to join Bray. She's gonna join Bray. <laughs> I. I uh, there's no. Like, obviously, they they flashed the symbol during one backstage interview she had. I can't remember. Oh, which pay per view was it? Was it Crown Jewel? I think it was Crown Jewel. Yeah. But other than that, there's been no direct connection between them for the last two months. So I, uh, uh... I honestly
1: think that. Um, remember when they showed the dude who, um, the dude they revealed who was behind all the Bray viral video stuff, who used to work for the MCU and shit like that?
0: Yeah,
1: I think they've got him working on some side stuff now, where he's putting these little Easter eggs in places that are actually going to lead nowhere, just to throw people off. Because of what happens is, and uh, kudos to this dude for doing it. Um, he's basically doing like where you see like all the, like every time, uh, you know there was an episode of American horror story or the walking dead or something. One of those long-term series where people be sitting there on Reddit going, Oh my God, did you see that? This means blah, 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 blah. He's trying to get that fan reaction from WWE fans because that's the way television goes nowadays. And in that case, more power to him. Cause he's getting people talking about stuff and thinking they know stuff when they don't
0: which is how the wrestling was 30, 40 years ago.
1: Exactly.
0: I feel like if it does lead to anything, maybe they put Alexa and Nikki back together because Nikki's been kind of out there since coming back. They could. That's the only thing that would, to me, make any sense. If Mm -hmm. again, that's if they're connecting dots at some point and instead of just having dots all over the place. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at with that. And then uh, the main event, a bunch of hijinks from the bloodline, but KO beats J.U. So anyways, and that is your show. Yep. Uh, then we go to... Do we want to... Sc- uh, nah, we'll just go to NXT. We'll just do this as <sighs> Oh, Jesus. Fuck, I can't wait. Sean I can't, can't, I can't wait. book. I can't wait to tell you what's on road tonight. Sean um, can't book. So we open with Roxanne Perez beating Indy Hartwell. And then we get Chase U pre-tape backstage interrupted by Grayson Waller, because Grayson's a douche.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Jack debuts under his new look and shit. Squashes Dante Chen. God bless his soul. And then Dijack cuts an in ring promo after Which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh then we get Jean. G- and
1: well, and apparently Dijack basically said Wesley was just like one stone of a thing, and it looks like maybe Dijack's gonna just say fuck this and go for the actual title and not the North American and
0: th- I think they... he referenced both I think he referenced Bron in the promo too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Okay. Um, then for some reason we get JD McDon in the Diamond Mind Dojo with Tatum Paxley and Ivy Nile. This, this is... <coughs> and then the...
1: This and the match that followed are the part that made no fucking sense to me whatsoever.
0: And then uh the Creeds walk in, and then JD gives a science lesson for how to beat Indushir. Like sure.
1: this is so here's and the thing
0: how this leads to a match between JD and Julius Creed.
1: Right. Here's the fucking thing. They had the, psych, the American psycho heel come in to the diamond mine, be completely courteous to Ivy Nile, have the creeds come in, be complete assholes and call him everything but a child of God. He's just standing there calmly, doesn't do anything, and then says, I'm actually trying to offer you advice. I would like, and continues to, and then the supposed baby faces go, Get the fuck out, get the fuck out, get the fuck out. And then this leads to a match. Why? Why? The heel didn't do anything heelish. The heel was completely fucking courteous. But now, oh, you're just going to have a match. Why? Because reasons. Sean can't
0: book. Then we get our first drop-in with Sean and his panel discussing the men's Iron Survivor match candidates. The panel was Waltman, Dog... Alundra Blaze, and... and, Yeah. Medusa.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: And uh, Molly Holly.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm going to get Grayson Waller beating Duke Hudson after Hudson was about to superkick kick Waller on the outside. Waller moved. Mm-hmm. Duke stopped himself from then hitting T.A. Hale. Oh, T.A. Hale. That's right. What was interesting was that after he stopped himself and made sure Tia was okay, he was like, I can stop that at any time, which made Chase raise an eyebrow because he had been kicked by. Right. Right. Right good little plant. Okay, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, so then Waller takes his concern, goes in the ring, uh, gets hit by Waller's finisher for his uh, good graces and gets mm-hmm. uh Then we get Javi backstage with McKenzie. Connor Reeves 2.0. Axiom arrives and says, hey, I'm cleared. I want a match. And McKenzie's like, hey, it's what you wanted. <sighs> uh, I was like, fuck me. Um, now, so let me get Keanu James beating Fallon Henley.
1: Scooby-Doo villain. Sure. Keanu James is a Scooby-Doo villain if there ever was
0: one. Uh, then we get Blade and Fate and Odyssey backstage. Blade is crying over his ripped-up sweater still.
1: Yeah, because it belonged to his grandfather his father, or son. Yeah, father. I,
0: yeah. Uh, then we get clip two of Sean on the panel. Now they're discussing the women's match candidates. Uh then they tease the six woman main event. Well, six woman tag match that would eventually be the name of the main event mm-hmm. because during Nikita's entrance for the the, the match that was scheduled, mm-hmm. Roy Stark attacks Nikita during her entrance.
1: Uh Did you know this Ass Bitch finally has fucking regular ass looking gear? Apparently she finally paid Sarath. Apparently, you finally went to Sarath and went, okay, I look like shit. Here's some money.
0: Uh, then we get a vignette for Lyra Valkyria, I believe is
1: something. Lyra, Lyra Valkyrie. She, well, they, she was one did. of the NXT UK girls. And you know something? Okay, I have to get on my high horse now.
0: Go ahead. Waiting. Waiting.
1: I would not have an issue with this character if. You hadn't introduced Isle of Dawn a week ago. Fair. It is literally the same gimmick. Hi, I'm from Ireland, and I'm a witch, and I pray to this goddess. But here's the thing. They have the baby face praying to the Morrigan, which is the dark goddess. That who the fucking heel should be fucking praying to. Instead, you got a heel over here, and you can't have both of them. At the same fucking time, when you just debuted one, you can't. I'm happy that my people are getting representation on television, but not in this manner.
0: Did you peg your leg while you were doing that?
1: Yes, it fell over.
0: <laughs> That's so, so sad. Oh god! Oh. Ugh. Anyways, um Then we get Electra Lopez doing a backstage interview with Mackenzie. Your favorite diva, good for you. Uh then we get Axiom beating Javi, because obviously duh uh then Nikita gets cleared by medical to go ahead with the match that night. Sure. <clears throat> then we get pretty deadly backstage with McKenzie now, so they're gonna do a Christmas story, I think, is what they said this week. I'm weekend. for it. Well, it's a pretty deadly, of course, you're for it.
1: Right, they're fucking great.
0: Uh then we get Bron and Apollo pre-tape at a diner.
1: Dude, that's he they were trying to do Pacino and De Niro and Heat, and this was not it.
0: Well, no shit, they know not the acting shops of like, Pacino or
1: De Niro. Yeah, like it I just thought it was funny, like Apollo was like, Oh, you done fishing?
0: <laughs> so uh so we get the JD Julius Creed match. Sanga and Veer come out.
1: Mm-hmm. The, 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 yeah, get to the. Oh Jesus, I forgot about this.
0: Sanga moves Julius Creed out of the way, so he does get hit by a chair from JD. Mm-hmm. JD gets DQ'd anyways. Yep. And then Veer Mahan tells the Creeds that him and Sanga want them at hundred percent, which is why they moved Julius out of the way from the chair shot. Mm-hmm. So the heels don't want the shortcut of taking care, of taking advantage of a weakened tag partner.
1: Mm-hmm. That and the fact that JD got disqualified for hitting someone who wasn't even in the match with the chair.
0: Right. Did I miss anything? No. Sean can't fucking book!
1: How many times have we seen just on WWE TV alone if here comes someone out to fucking interfere and the person in the ring goes, no, you don't! <clears throat> so that means all those should have been DQs? According to Sean's booking, it should have been.
2: Yeah. No sense.
0: Yeah. Then we get an Alba Fire vignette about Isla Dawn. Sure. Uh, then they show DiJack leaving. He's meant the park a lot by Tony D and St- uh, Stacks, right? Yes. I'm trying. I- sometimes I forget which one is Stacks and which one used to be Two Dimes. Sorry. Cole Carter was Two Dimes. Right. That's what I thought. Um, I- I- Tony D was basically trying to. I, I don't fucking tell DiJack what's what. Essentially, which is stupid because. Du- Never mind. I'll
2: leave it alone.
0: Uh-huh. Um, then we get Von Wagner making easy work of Malik Blade. And then Inoue and Odyssey come and make the save after. So Blade doesn't die. Right.
1: Like, I don't understand why. Like, we all know that this is just supposed to be fucking Odyssey versus fucking. Von. Von. Like, why are we taking these extra steps where we're taking these guys who are in a burgeoning tag team who actually could be doing something and just jobbing them out to this motherfucker who's going to get fired come the end of the year anyway? Who, Von? Yeah. Well, he is not lasting through next year.
0: Depends how much it's, of a hard-on Sean has.
1: The, 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 well, you know something? It's not going to matter come January because Sean's not going to be booking there anymore.
0: All right, so. Uh, then we get the announcements of the uh, fucking uh, participants for each of the Iron Survivor matches for Deadline which is this Saturday men's match will be mellow JD, Joe Gacy, Grayson Waller, and then the winner of a wild card match, which is going to happen this week on NXT. Mm-hmm. Which bear with me for a second. I remind myself who is in that wild card match. Oh, I have it right here. Von Wagner, Axiom and Andre chase are the three contestants. Ugh. Then in the woman's side, the four qualifiers already are Zoe Stark, Roxanne Perez, Cora, Jade, Kiana, James. The wild card match to determine the last entry is Indy, Fallon Henley, Wendy Chu. Um, Ugh. And then just, uh, well, I'll go over that in a second. Uh, and then we end the night with Toxic Attraction winning the six-woman tag over Katana, Kaden, and Nikita.
1: I think Indy is going to be done with NXT after this Saturday.
0: Considering Dexter was on the road at NXT this weekend, and yes, in uh Indi yep. probably. Yes, um, I think they're
1: actually going to. Uh, I think I think my house is bugged. I think they're actually going to do the It Couple versus Index feud come January
0: for Royal Rumble. Yeah. So as of right now, we have three matches booked for Deadline. Obviously, that'll probably change a lot.
1: Tomorrow, Um, NXT
0: tomorrow night, but here's the the matches we have uh, Braun Breaker against Apollo Crews, the NXT title, and then the two five way Iron Survivor matches. Which, by the way, here's a reminder of how that goes. Uh, it's a 25 minute time limit match, yes, correctly. Okay, uh, two wrestlers start the match, and then every five minutes thereafter, another wrestler enters until all five are in the ring. So that means, hypothetically, the last wrestler gets in with only 10 minutes left in the clock, and they could be trying to make up multiple falls at that point. Yeah. Um, then each time a wrestler scores a pinfall or submission or is the victim or a, of a DQ. So DQs are going to count, apparently. Yeah. Um, they gain a point. Whoever commit, whoever gets pinned, submitted, or commits a disqualification goes to a penalty box for 90 seconds. And the winner of the match is the one who has the most points at the end of the time, which again, I believe is 25 minutes. And the winners are going to be crown number one contenders for the NXT men's and women's titles.
1: Points don't belong in wrestling. What's that? Points don't belong in wrestling.
0: Well, if you're an amateur wrestling, you're called points.
1: Points don't belong in pro wrestling. I have a reason for saying that.
0: Well, like it being called Falls instead, is that what it is? No,
1: no, no. Just making a point system for pro wrestling, number one, doesn't work. Number two, it's because uh I've noticed some things being said lately on social media about you know some certain people who have been tooting their own horns about some shit. And all I'm gonna say is if your point system and your 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 version of what professional wrestling should be was so revolutionary, you would have drawn and you'd still be in business. And that's all I'm gonna say. Point system. I'll, I'll tell, tell you it.
0: afterwards. Yeah, I'm, gonna say, I'm not picking up what you're putting down, but okay. Um, am trying to see if there's anything else. Uh, it looks like Tony D'Angelo is returning to action this week. He it. was never
1: injured to begin with! I'm
0: just fucking telling you what the website says. <laughs> fucking God. Um, so the two wildcard matches, we have the Tony D match apparently...
1: Oh, you forgot to Creed um, Brothers versus Indu shares on the deadline.
0: Uh, I, don't know if, I don't think it's been officially announced, has it? I thought they it had. Best. It might have been. Um, and then what else? And then it looks like we might have a – because this is a good way to use his talent. Uh, it looks like Charlie Dempsey might have a match on Tuesday night. You want to guess who it might be against from the looks of it? Dante <laughs> <Chen>. <laughs> Uh, No, somebody you actually ridiculed for not having wrestling gear yet.
1: Oh, fucking Hank?
0: Yeah. Oh, yay. Because they had some digital exclusive promo between them. Boy. So, yeah, I know. All right, let's go on to SmackDown. SmackDown, SmackDown. Uh, we open with Sammy and the Usos in the ring with Solo. They're cutting a promo. They were interrupted by the Brutes leads to the opening match where Sammy eventually beat Sheamus thanks to interference from the Usos. Battle of the changers. Uh, yeah that's exactly what Sheamus called it. Yeah. Um, then we get a pre-tape of Legato. Uh, then we've got Kofi backstage with Megan. He's interrupted by That pre-tape
1: Eichner. was really good too.
0: Yeah. Um, Kofi's interrupted by Eichner and Bartel. Bartell. Kofi says, Woods isn't there, but he's more than willing to compete in Vinci singles action. And, and Bar-
1: uh, Vinci and oh, I Kaiser. Said <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, I said Eichner and Bartel. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Vinci and Kaiser. Fuck me. Yeah. God. Um, <laughs> Kofi offers to wrestle in singles action, and Gunther suddenly arrives and says, I accept.
1: I thought it was funny. The second that happened, I saw it on social media RIP to the rest of Kofi's chest.
0: <laughs> chest. It doesn't even exist really Exactly um, It's all basically just breastbone at this point <laughs> If that uh, Then we get a backstage promo from Bray Saying he didn't <laughs> attack LA Knight So who was it, Uncle Howdy? Fuck off
1: um, Yeah, that's what it's gonna be
0: Then Shayna taps out Emma Shotzi cuts off Shayna's post-match attack on Emma Did you watch SmackDown? Yeah Just tell me how this makes sense so Shayna's beating up Emma. Yep. Shotzi comes out. Yep. Shayna says, "No problem, I got this." Yep. But Raquel, who has one arm and a fucking immovable brace, uh huh. She comes out and she's like, "Whoa, whoa, no, no more."
1: Yep. Huh? Because she she actually said like she got out and she was like, "I'm smart enough to know three versus one." Even okay. though Raquel is like injured. Yeah, I know, but still. It was basically it it, it. it was basically trying to be
0: Matthew.
1: badass heel badass heal and chicken shit heal at the same time. It's you got to pick a lane.
0: So try trying to pick a lane. Can we just have Lacey Evans go back to the Southern Bell thing instead of trying to repackage her with all this? Can
1: we just have Lacey Evans get fucking fired because she's terrible? I, I, I don't. Yo, know, know. I know a lot of female Marines that you that did basic training with full makeup.
0: Yeah, I mean more. Um, <laughs> you're welcome we're glad that popped um,
2: then
0: we get then we get a sorry uh, oh my god I it was a good movie um, then we get a ricochet pre-tape uh, Gunther and Kofi are facing off Again, I wrote in my notes. Eichner and Bartel. What the fuck is wrong? with <laughs> um, Bron comes out and takes out Vinci and Kaiser during the match. Chases them off. Yep. Yeah. And then Gunter ends up beating Kofi anyways because he's like six. Because he's five. Gunter. Yeah, and he's the intercontinental champion.
1: I feel um, like this is. I feel like when this is like this is going to lead to. Um like braun is gonna be like a because obviously people are still gonna do braun versus Gunter because people thought braun, braun was gonna win the World Cup and that should happen no, but I think they're World I think they're I think they're holding off and I think um
0: what might be their Christmas special something like that
1: yeah I, I, i'm I'm thinking we might get uh Imperium and a fully reformed new day soon enough
0: actually no they might hold off braun and Gunter for it. If I remember correctly the Technical season premiere of SmackDown. Yeah, is right around. It's either Friday before New Year's or the Friday after New Year's. Oh, okay, so they might be. They might. That's maybe why they. Maybe I'm not saying that's why they chose Ricochet to win the World Cup, but that might be why. Yeah, they have held off the idea of Braun versus Gunter because they're saving it for the season premiere around New Year's. Yeah. Just a thought. Plus, we, do we even know when the fuck this Ricochet title match is going to happen?
1: No, they just said that they get an AirConnell title match. They didn't say it was a So maybe day. they
0: hold off on that title match till New Year's, and then they have Braun and Gunter at the Rumble.
1: Probably. Thinking. Or they could even hold it off longer than that and have Braun and Gunter fucking face off in the Rumble match, and one of them eliminates the other, and that will be the spurn. Have Braun and Gunter at Mania? Not a mania, but you know, just as you know, one of the stopgap Smackdowns between Rumble and Mania
0: or Chamber because we do have Elimination Chamber this year.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, this year, I mean, or that, that, that India show they might be doing.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, which is still in the air, I guess. It hasn't been they're still long. working on it, but it's, it's probably gonna well, happen. fucking six weeks, figure it out. Um, and we get the Usos sending Sammy and Solo to get the car. Because apparently Sammy knows a hot place to get something to eat, whatever. Rock um, out. But then once they leave, the Usos get attacked by Sheamus with a Shillelagh. That's right. He threatens the Usos with him and Drew coming after their belts. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure. Okay.
1: The one qualm I had about that segment, and banger! besides, you know, after it was banger. Yeah. After <laughs> banger. The only qualm I had about that that I think it would have worked better because obviously, you're like. So at least WWE knows how to do backstage attacks way better than AEW, where the person's just standing there and the person comes from right in front of your face. Right. I would have rather had it where instead of Sheamus coming in from the side onto camera, if he had come from the back there where, like, it was all shadowed and shit with the boxes, if he had, like, slipped through there and knocked him out from behind and then walked off on the other side going banger after banger, (laughs) I just think it would have flowed a little bit. It still worked. Don't get me wrong. Right, but just like the little things. The
0: little things. Uh, then we get damage control, cutting a promo in the ring. They're under- interrupted by Liv, who decides that three on one is good for her, but not for Shayna.
1: I can't. I can't stand Liv. I just can't.
0: And then, uh, then Liv gets saved by uh, returning Tegan Knox. Gotta be honest, didn't see that one coming. Me neither. I'm happy for taking Knox, but... uh. Uh, Then we end the show with Ricochet versus Santos, or should I say King Quino against King Puma? I don't know. Prince Puma. Prince Puma, fuck off, whatever. They're both royal. Uh, This time, Puma wins. Ricochet, just Uh play with me here, not you. Everyone else watching, Ricochet. Ricochet beats Santos, wins the SmackDown World Cup, and then gets confronted by
1: Gunter... I mean, it was a good match, and it was one of those times where it's like, okay, it's the main event, it's for this prestigious thing, so this is where you have Ricochet break out the 630. Mm -hmm. That's when it makes sense. You don't have them do it every
0: fucking week. Right. But times like this, okay, it works. Right. Because, you know, WWE makes sense. Uh, All right, so. Couple of things. Number one. Um came out, I'm not sure if it was over the weekend or if it was on Friday, right before SmackDown, somewhere along the lines. Uh, Bobby Roode had neck fusion surgery. Yeah. So, fuck. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I don't know. That's rough. That is rough. Um, But I do want to bring up one thing before we get into... Some, well, actually, no. This kind of feeds in news and notes, so I'll just fucking do it. Um, first things first. As currently constructed, what do we make of the future of the women's divisions between Raw and SmackDown? Because right now, let's let's just let's break it down for what it is. I can't make heads or tails for starters. If we're truly done with Bianca and Bailey or not, because I feel like they're moving on to Becky and then whoever would challenge for the ta- women's tag titles. But I'm not completely sold on that yet. I think I have to watch another week or two of TV to really, really. I think the they're going to do Becky and Bailey
1: for a bit, and it's gonna it's gonna end up in a number one contenders thing. Okay. Um, I honestly think between now and Mania, I think all the, everything's going to get set into motion so that this year the women's titles are going to get unified at Mania.
0: I just don't know where, because here's the thing, we still have to remember, at least we do. I don't know if Jake, John Q, WWE fan with three kids who doesn't pay attention to the product well enough would know this, but we <laughs> know this. Rhea still has a fucking title shot on her hands. I know. I'm sorry, but Rhea Bianca is not a throwaway TV match for the title. It's record. not.
1: They're, I'm pretty sure that, that that's going to be one of the things that gets pulled out in the next couple of weeks. Is going to be like, by the way, I still have this, and they're going to build it for Rumble.
0: So... So you have that to deal with. Uh-huh. One would think, especially given what I said about the promo from Raw last week, they might be building Alexa to go heal at some point. So maybe you're building for that and Bianca at some point.
1: There's a possibility.
0: Otherwise... I- I don't know where to where you go from there, honestly. Yeah. And then the SmackDown side right now, I kind of assume they're building for Ronda Raquel at the Rumble. Yeah, I would. At least I would say, I believe they are. Yeah. And then again, like the only thing that would make sense to me at that point aside from a potential unification match is if Charlotte returns at some point and you have, mm-hmm. you run it back with Rhonda and Charlotte mania. That's, that's the only, that's the only or, or you have Shayna and Rhonda buttheads. Right. And that's mania. I, I, that's the only, like, I look at that SmackDown woman's roster. I just, I, you're not going back to the live. You're not going back to that. Right. Um,
1: Shotzi's I not love ready Shotzi,
0: yet. but she's not ready. Tegan right. just came back. Right. Um, fucking... I mean, maybe potentially something with Bailey if she decides to stay on SmackDown, but I think right. they're really more raw than anything else.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I... I don't know. I think those are really your only options, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's just... I don't know. The, the women's divisions just feel... They feel weird. And you know what Very part up of in the problem? air. You know what part of the problem is? Those divisions have pretty much been up in the air since... Because it all happened right around the same time. Charlotte taking leave for the wedding.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And Sasha Nailby walking out.
1: And Becky ended up getting injured at SummerSlam.
0: Right. So, like, you have one piece back that's great. But you got two who just refused to get in the ring or refused to find a proper negotiation. And the other is just... Whatever at this point. And that's mm-hmm. Charlotte. And it's like, I mean, yeah, she tweeted a picture of wrestling boots la- or Instagram, whatever the fuck she did with the wrestling yeah. boots last week. But okay, great. That doesn't mean shack shit to me.
1: Plus, you need to look forward to, especially with the Rumble coming up, what female talents from NXT are ready to make the transition to the main
0: roster. Right. I
1: mean, there's not many, but there's like, a few.
0: Like, as much as I love Candice, I don't think she's, I don't think we're quite there yet with her.
1: Not yet. Same thing with Mia. Love Mia. She's um, not there yet.
0: Yeah. I'm just, I...
1: Uh, you know, you got to figure, the UK girls who were in NXT are only there for a cup of coffee because they had enough experience where they're eventually going to end up there. You got know, Isla and uh, fucking, and um, and Alba Fire and uh, who else?
0: Maybe Blair Davenport at some point? Yeah,
1: Blair Davenport. Yeah.
0: Because um, like, we haven't really seen her since that Unification match at uh, right. Worlds Collide. Right. Right. Um
1: but like they don't belong in developmental. They they put in their time. They need right. to be in the main roster.
0: You know who's an interesting name to throw out there that hasn't has also not really been seen since Worlds Collide. that's Tyler the UK, UK champ. Tyler Bate. No, UK women's champ.
1: Oh, oh, uh da, ma, masa, uh Satamora. Satamora, yeah. I was gonna okay. say Matasora. I was like, no, that's not right. <laughs> the
0: only thing is would she be into that kind of schedule?
1: She That's might it. be. I think the only other issue, too, is they I, I think Trips is trying to pace it out because you've got this stuff going on between EO and Asuka to bring another Japanese woman onto the roster right now.
0: Like, right, yeah, I,
1: even I, though it's only three, you kind of feel like it's saturated, even though it's not, right. you know.
0: By the way, this reminds me, can we please just get Asuka and EO one on one at some point? I hope so I'm going to petition for this every week until it fucking happens I think <laughs> like please I just want I just want I just want a 30 second screaming match in Japanese to start their match that's all I fucking want <laughs> I just want Asuka yelling baka 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 and Io yelling whatever the fuck she wants to yell that's the, that, that, that that's all we want that's all we fucking want Hunter that's all we want oh.
1: I mean that that fucking Japanese promo between them went viral instantly so like yeah, there's I'll, something there <laughs> oh man
0: um, over the weekend at, I don't remember what indie show he was working. Uh, Dustin Ruddles announced that 2023 will be his, it's last, gonna be his last year Yeah. entering yep. competition, which I mean, it's been what? 35, 40 years almost.
1: Yeah. Like it's, it's okay to retire Dustin. It's okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like um, you put in you put in your time. Like I understand, yeah. like you never reached quite the heights that your dad did. But you can't expect that.
0: Right. Like a lot of these
1: second generation and third generation guys are expecting to live up to the legacy that their fathers gave before them. And it's just sometimes it'll happen. Yeah. Sometimes you'll get a Charlotte, but most times you're not. And that's OK. Right.
0: Uh, real quick. There's three things got hit on in news and notes, at least three before we get out of here. Number mm-hmm. one. Apparently there's this rumor going around. <laughs> there's a former WWE writer for some ungodly reason who's just trying to spread the word.
1: He's trying to get fucking internet clout.
0: That WWE is planning a stadium show in Puerto Rico between Mania between the Rumble and Mania.
1: Which is bullshit because we know they're planning an India show between Rumble and Mania.
0: Well, no, the talk about India originally was like a week or two before Rumble.
1: Oh, was it? I thought it was between Rumble and Mania.
0: It was gonna be the it was gonna be the, actually the weekend before Rumble, I think. So.
1: Oh, I was unaware. Right. Which is why I
0: said they've got five or six weeks to figure shit out. Huh. Um sure. and then apparently the headline match for this Puerto Rico show would be Bad Bunny and Ray Mysterio <laughs> screaming against Damian Priest <laughs> <Crispin laughs> and Roman Mysterio. Which, which with it gets funnier, which I related, know which will lead to a singles match at Mania, not between Ray and Dom, because that makes sense. <laughs> <but laughs> But will be between Dom and Bad Bunny. <laughs> this writer also says that Ray legitimately doesn't want to work a singles match against Dom because he doesn't feel comfortable fighting his son, which is the total most bullshit. Idiotic thing I've ever heard in my life.
1: Like this motherfucker obviously doesn't realize that during the time in between the end of his WCW contract and the beginning of his WWF contract. Rey Mysterio actually wrestled in AAA against his uncle for the Rey Mysterio name. Yeah. So Rey does not have an issue with wrestling family. Yep. Second thing. And plus, no one's going to want to see Dom versus Bad Bunny. No one. No one.
0: Well, to follow that up, uh, I have a question to ask. Yeah hypothetically, in yeah. some alternate universe not known as a Milky Way. Mm-hmm. If that match were to ever happen between Bunny and Dom, who the fuck calls that match in the ring? Exactly.
1: Like, Bunny can do a couple of spots. I'll give him that. But he doesn't know how to call a fucking match. And Dom? <laughs> I don't, you could put eight producers on that match. That's still going to be the drizzling I mean, shits.
0: I, unless you feed somebody in the ring as, like, the special referee who's going to walk them through it. Right. Like, like, that match is dead in the water before the right. bell even
1: rings. By the way, speaking of match producers, I, I have to clear something up that I... Because a lot of people have been talking about it, and it's not true. Brian Kendrick is not back with WWE. He took... They said he, produ- he helped so, so produce... He has-
0: I just saw him promoted for a match coming up.
1: I- yeah, he was promoted for a show in New Jersey that he pulled out of. And I, I was going to get to that.
0: No, it's not even that. I, I could have swore I saw him advertise for a TV match coming up. No. Unless I'm just fucking.
1: No, it wasn't TV. It was a couple of indie spots.
0: Maybe it wasn't, I don't know. I thought I saw a promo for him. But yeah,
1: Brian Kendrick is not a producer. He was in Boston for the Survivor Series and he technically helped put together the Ronda Shotzi match, but he's not on the payroll for WWE as a producer. I saw someone debating this the other day and would not take no for an answer. And the person that was telling them, no, you're wrong, was Danny Cage of the Monster Factory, who I'm pretty sure knows more about Backstage shit at WWE than the random Basement Goblin.
0: Do you want to know what I was just laughing at, by the way? Sure. SmackDown, number five on cable Friday night on FS1. Yeah. not what I'm laughing about, though.
1: What what, what did they drop?
0: Rampage. Lowest 18 to 49 demo rating in the history of the show.
1: Yep. I saw that. They can't even go on demos anymore. (laughs)
0: 0.08 and they drew a total of 361,000.
1: Yep. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to talk about that going back to the AEW thing about the ratings. Um, cause I mean, I, like we don't talk about it every week, but once in a while we need to touch upon it. Cause some people don't need, don't realize you know, the other's like, why does everyone care about the ratings? Because this is a business and, uh, businesses take money to work. And if there's no money coming in, the business does not survive. That's what some of you fuckers don't understand. When you get a fucking hourly paycheck, making a minimum wage and you've never run a business. So let me put this out for you, because pe- people are, people are shitting on MJF as champion saying, Oh, where the fuck? Blah, 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 you put the belt on MJF and you're still not drawing ratings. Okay, I would like to point something out because I'm a very large proponent of MJF. If you look at the quarterly breakdown of any episode of Dynamite, the segment with MJF is always either the highest rated part of the fucking show or the only segment where the ratings uh, that are on a steady decline go up. Even this past week, the segment with him and Regal, it wasn't by a lot, but just that segment, they gained 10,000 viewers that then automatically left in the next segment. It It went from 859 to 869 and back to 859. Now you need to realize that the show opened with 1.09 million people. And the moment Danielson versus Harwood started, they lost 200,000 viewers. And then when it got to the main event with the fucking third match and the best of seven bullshit, they dropped even more. So because people look at the average and the average for the show was 877. but What you really need to look at is they started at 1.1 million roughly. And at the end of the show ended with 700,000. That's 400,000 fucking people that they lost. That's the bigger fucking picture. Which is why, number one, y'all need to realize that stop putting yourselves in the main event because you're not the main event and the fucking ratings show it. But also, number two, when we got back to saying that the MJF segment should have ended the show. Not only storytelling-wise would it made sense to be at the end of the show, but you would have held your viewers or at least gotten the end-of-show spike. Sony Khan doesn't understand that. He does not understand TV ratings at all. You know, hence why he just keeps talking about this Friday Night War that he won, and everyone goes, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Wrestling is a business.
0: Two more things. Oh, Number yes. One. <gasps> Kevin Nash tweeting out... That he wanted to reach 100k subscribers on his podcast because he, uh, apparently it was a wish of his son that had passed away six weeks ago. And he wants to take the 100k plaque from YouTube and put it next to his urn. Which, by the way, he did end up achieving that by the end of the yesterday. Comments? Okay.
1: Ah. (laughs) This is lower than fucking low. Now, I've had several private conversations with people in the business over the past three days about this. (laughs) And there are many people that agree with me. So I'm not the only one. I'm not like the outlier here. Like... That, that lives on my own fucking planet. A lot of people have agreed with me on this. They just don't want to say it on social media because they're afraid of the backfire that they will get. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily, old JJ, don't give a fuck about what you fucking say about me. So I will be the one to say it for all of you who choose to remain anonymous in your complaints of this, but let you know that there is someone out here speaking the truth of someone with a fucking brain. This is fucking Bullshit. Number one, I will preface this like before, bro, by saying, yes, it is a tragedy that your son died. I understand your son had an addiction problem. And I understand that it was very tragic that he tried to kick that addiction. And in the end, it's what killed him. That is very sad. I understand the plight of people who deal with families with alcoholism. My father ran a liquor store. I saw alcoholism alcoholism on a daily basis. So I understand that. And that sucks. And I feel bad for you. But to you take your son's death and to use it as a ploy to get fucking podcast subscribers. That, I'm sorry, no, that, and all these people are like, oh my god, yes, this is the, this is the wrestling community coming together. No, it's all y'all getting worked because y'all are fucking marks. Plain and simple. And you're only doing it because it's Kevin fucking Nash. Tell you a little story. 2006, my fucking father died. I was sitting there at his fucking bedside when they had to shut off the fucking ventilator. It fucking killed me. It was a week before one of the biggest shows that I had fucking been on. I hadn't been in the business that long. Because I remember because at maybe a week and a half before, because I remember specifically remember it was one of those shit or get off the pot moments where the fucking after party, after my father's funeral, I was sitting there calling U-Haul places to try to find a truck for our ring because the U-Haul place that we were supposed to have or the ring we had fell through. So we had to fucking do it. So I'm sitting there conducting business like outside my father's funeral. Mm-hmm. If I had gone on the fucking message boards and said, Listen, guys, my dad just died, and the it, and his dying wish was that we, we, we sell out this show next weekend. I would have gotten fucking torn apart. Mm-hmm. Everyone would say, what the fuck kind of piece of shit are you? But because it's Kevin Nash, we have no problem with it. Listen here. Cornette's got over 300,000 YouTube subscribers. Pritchard's got over 100,000. Bischoff's got pretty close. Those are just the three that I can think of off the top of my head that I looked at. They didn't have to pull bullshit like this. You have name recognition. You were one of the biggest names during one of the biggest wrestling booms ever. Maybe if you would just fucking hustle and push your fucking podcast, you wouldn't have to pull a stunt like this in. My my dying son wanted a YouTube like Shut the fuck up. You know what my father wanted? My father wanted to keep living. That's something you fucking strive for. I'm sure I'm sure your son would Dad, Dad, please get us the subs for the lulls. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Fuck Kevin Nash. I never really had anything against the dude other than I've seen a thousand times where he's talked a bunch of bullshit that he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. And the, fi- the fact that he's fucking magatarded, whatever. This, no, this is fucking low. This is fucking low. How would it have looked if a year ago I sat here deadpan on here and went, you know, we're still kind of new with this and everything, but Jim Anderson was my boy. And he said, JJ, I really hope you guys get 10,000 subscribers by the end of the month. I would have gotten fucking torn apart. By the way, he never said that, by the way. Like, it's just bullshit. I'm sorry.
0: Can't argue that. Thank you. Brings me to the last thing I have before anything else JJ might have. This is more for JJ anyways. (laughs) So this is a post that was on Facebook. Let's see, th- about a week ago. Uh, features a picture. Features a picture of Swerve unifying two of the titles in defy in yep. some ladder match they had. Yep. So here's, and I'll I'll read this post and then I'll let you take over. Uh, post. Uh, some guy named David apparently in this Facebook group
1: because they because the, that page has like five admins and they argue with each other in the comments. It's fucking pathetic. Hence why I don't subscribe. And it says suggested for you at the top. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: uh, so the caption for the picture quote: I think it's pretty pathetic that fans attack wrestlers who worked matches in high school gyms. Almost every guy on both rosters has worked in high school gyms. Who the fuck are both? I'm assuming he means Raw and SmackDown. I don't fucking know.
1: I think he means. I think he meant both companies.
0: Oh. Uh, I just watched an old AJ Styles match in 2003 where he wrestled Frankie Kazarian at a large hardware store. John Cena worked high school gyms before he got signed with WWE. Terry Funk and Eddie Gilbert had an Extreme Rules match in 1990 in a high school gym. WWE in 1996 booked four episodes of Raw in a large high school gym. Things were tight then, you know. Most of your wrestlers don't start at the Alamo Dome with 100K watching their first match. Most work in high school gyms, back lots, and other small venues. So Swerve went and did a match at one. Those fans probably had a great time. Stop being cringe.
1: Okay. So, number one. Number one fact check, JJP is going to come out and tell you it was not 1996. It was December of 94 to January of 95. Yes, they ran a couple of Raws in a high school gymnasium. It was a giant high school gymnasium, and they did it up where you couldn't even tell that it was a high school gymnasium. They made it look like a TV studio setting because this was in the infancy of Raw when they were running the Manhattan Center and a couple other local venues. They were running small because they wanted it to look small and intimate.
0: Question.
1: Yes, go ahead.
0: The gymnasium that this person is referring to. Yeah. I'm going to throw out a town and see if I'm correct. Uh Uh-huh. Would it happen to have been White Plains?
1: No, it wasn't White Plains. It was in
0: Ohio. Okay, because White Plains looked was pretty fucking small too right comparison
1: right but i mean also at the time like in raw's infancy they were doing house shows in high school gyms they were doing them as fundraisers there was a thing they used to i don't know if you remember they used to run bumper ads during like the weekend WWE programming of you know run a fundraiser for your local charity or school you know WWF fundraisers that you're in your town right like I, you know, something. I grew up in Southington High, and fucking Bob Backlund did. They did a fucking
0: house show there and shit with him.
1: But you know, that was you know, that was the thing. Also, what I
0: was doing the 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 fucking back. Network
1: right. Oh, okay. Uh, I get you. I get you. I get you. But so number one, that was all. Number one, that was that was twenty five years ago. No, thirty years ago. Sorry, almost almost thirty years ago. It was a different time. That was before the wrestling boom. And yes, obviously indie guys came from fucking, you know, indie guys came from, uh, you know, smaller backgrounds. By the way, that large hardware store match, it wasn't a hardware store. It was basically a, an event venue that used to be, like, the building was like a giant Ace Hardware or something, and it got changed into a sports venue. Like, get your shit straight, you fact checker. But besides, like, besides all that, that's not the issue cuz you know obviously guys have worked indies and you got to work your way up yes okay th- we get that the thing that that's killing because because the whole thing was people were dogging on swerve for this and swerve was snap was clapping back at them on twitter and it's like okay that's fine everything mm. the problem with this is swerve is winning titles at indie shows when he's on a nationally featured company that's the issue the issue is, if you aren't a nationally recognized and televised company, you shouldn't be having to take indie bookings. I've said this before. I said this back when AEW first started. When people were like, oh, well, Tony Khan's going to allow them work indies. You shouldn't have to depend on the indies to get over when you're on TV. That's what TV is there for. You strive to be on TV. You don't get to TV and go, okay, I got to go work this fucking Elks Lodge this weekend. No. You're done working the fucking... American legions when you get to TV. Like, I mean, granted. So I, uh, you know, I guess TNA was kind of the, 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 the fucking measuring stick of that because the guys who were working TNA were still going and doing high school gymnasium shows. Like they would still, they were still taking indie bookings until, uh, Bill, uh, Barron's fucked all that up. I don't know if I ever told that story. Basically, uh, when Bill Barron's was in charge of, uh, talent relations for TNA. Mm -hmm. Um, He came out and said, uh, if your company films your shows, then every, then you have to pay TNA a $10,000 fucking stipend for any talents that you
0: use. That's some good blackmail.
1: Yeah. That's when we had to, that's when we, we, we were still using velvet sky as Talia Madison when she got signed because talia trained with us right and we had to take the title offer because she got signed to tna and bill barons went 10 grand and we went are you fucking serious like this is jamie this is our girl so but yeah it's just like it's not the issue of guys on the indies paying their dues it's once you paid your dues you should be done and if you're going to do a you know if you're doing a charity show that's one thing but when you're going and winning titles for super indies or whatever it was the same thing it was the same thing i said with Moxley and the fucking GCW belt and how he went and did the job to Nick Cage Nick Gage while he was fucking AEW champion that makes your company look like shit mm-hmm. having your guys appear on indie shows and winning titles on indie shows makes your nationally televised product look like Shit, this, it's not a matter of the territories where you, you know, a guy worked for the NWA, but won, you know, the, the Mid-Atlantic fucking championship over here or the fucking, the, 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 the Western state, the Western state heritage title over here. That was the one that I couldn't remember when Wood was on the show. It, it, it's, no, it's not what national, it's national television and, and I, more than national television because shit goes out and is internationally viewed now. Once you're on that level, you shouldn't be wrestling indies anymore. Plain and simple.
0: You're right. You would think you're making enough money doing your TV product.
1: Right. You know, And that's why I feel bad for people. You know, like, I, I will see people who are signed to AEW who are still working local indies who deserve more. Like I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Sonny Kiss is an amazing talent. And it hurts me when I see Sonny Kiss number one, not get any time on TV, no matter what they do. And number two, be working random ass indie shows that draw 40 people. Like, I'm glad you got an extra payday, but like, you You deserve so much more.
0: I hear you on that one. Uh, Anything else you need to touch on at all before we wrap things up?
1: Um... Apparently, my uh, I was told by someone that my Willow Watch segment is biased.
0: Who said that?
1: The retired worker.
0: We mean it's biased.
1: Basically, because I because I have heat with the Bucks, and I already have a predetermined notion of AEW and Tony Khan that everything I do based is biased. Because basically, they were like Willow, and I was like, "Get used to it." She's not going to be on TV again for another month. And they were like, "What do you base that on?" I said. Doing is conducive study, and by the way, here's all here's the record of the last two months. They're like you're biased, blah 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 blah. I'm like, no, this is facts, and I was like, I like Willow. I think Willow should get used more, but this is the track record of the person that runs this company.
0: How are you biased if you're using scientific base? Never
1: mind. Because me saying that this is the track record of how people get booked in this company is biased.
0: It's called empirical data.
1: I know. And they were like, what point are you trying to make? And I, I said, you know something? I'm not. I'm not trying to make a point at all. You win. Bye. Like, <laughs> uh,
0: that dude would never last on a witness stand. Anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, anything else we need to get to?
2: I think that was it.
0: All right. Fantastic. That'll wrap up episode 78 of White Heat, Presented by Godzilla Media. Sponsored by our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy and Troy Mohawk Conda, Scotia, Glenville. Questions, comments, complaints. He's at JJ underscore Alexander on the Twitters. <laughs> I'm, I'm at Brian Katie. All one word. B-R-I-A-N-C-A-D-Y. Long form? Email me. Brian.Cady at GodzillaMedia.com. Think of Godzilla. Take out the D. That's how you spell Godzilla. <laughs> uh Yeah. That wraps it up. Uh, enjoy Ring of Honor <laughs> Battle and NXT. Deadline. on <laughs> Saturday night. In the meantime, JJ, say fuck internet trolls.
2: Fuck internet trolls.